Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. This is Paige, the co host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving Olive in June. Olive in June gives you everything that you need for a salon quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive in June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive in June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Hello one and all and welcome to Behind the Glass. I'm your host Sam from the YouTube channel Seen Through Glass. And I'm Tony from Gravelwood Car Sales. Yes you are. Uh, Each week we get together we talk about cars, motorsport, F1... Car, what else? Cars? Cars? We cars, cars, cars. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you can listen to us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts. You can watch us on youtube.com forward slash behind the glass. Don't forget to subscribe and turn on notifications. And Tony, if people want to support this podcast, what should they do? Watch it. No. <laughs> <laughs> but also head to Patreon. You can support us on patreon.com forward slash behind the glass. Thanks for tuning in. We hope you enjoyed the episode. How's that coffee? Well... It's not quite sunk in yet. I mean, it feels like rocket fuel. <laughs> like it? No, no, no. It's like aviation fuel <laughs> turned up. Good though, right? Well, I've had a couple of sips. I asked for a latte. It's not a latte, by the way. <laughs> I, I I've never tasted anything so strong in all my life. <laughs> In coffee terms, so I I made Tony a coffee today. <laughs> um, here at the at the new studio, we haven't quite figured out our local coffee shop life yet, have we? No, and I'm not sure there is one. So I've got a very very fancy Sage espresso coffee making machine. It's so fancy, I can eventually program your own coffee. Not recipe, but like criteria in there. So you want one shot and a little bit of foam and a little bit of milk and you know so I can do all of that, but for now I'm just learning it. And I just I just hit a button and it this like black tar came out and filled your mug. It's like, ooh, that's gonna be Tar is what it tastes like. Yeah. <laughs> but good tar. Yeah. I'm, I mean It's I'll actually not it. seen through glass coffee, it's like a MS bean, so oh, I oh. can't yeah, because I, well, I literally just said, I mean, you walked in and said, can I have a coffee? I was like, oh my God, i got to turn this machine Well, yes, what you said to me last week. You said, I come in with a coffee. You said, oh, mate, you shouldn't have got cut. I'd have made you one. Yeah. But but now you've made me one. <laughs> I wish I'd bought one in. <laughs> Don't say that. <laughs> but what we might notice is that your energy levels are going to be insane in about five minutes and then crash really hard towards the end of the episode. Oh, yeah. So yeah, I've, I've opted really for quick. water. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> anyway, I feel like we've got loads to catch up on because mm. we've been apart for a week or ten days or so, and yeah. lots have happened in both of our lives. So I almost don't know where to begin. Who do you want to start? No, should you I, go first. Should mate. I go first? Okay. Yeah. 
Um, so I was away for a week because I was driving down to Graz to do some presenting work. Look at me. Graz. Eh? Graz in Austria. Mm. And I don't know how much I'm allowed to say about this, but I'm going to say, I'm going to try and be a bit vague. So I was doing some presenting for Motorsport Network, which is like Autosport and, and Motorsport.net and things like that anyway. So I was doing some presenting for them uh, around an engineering company right. in that part of the world. And they're massive, one of the world's biggest engineering companies. And uh, one of the pieces we were doing was looking at hydrogen. Oh, oh. Yeah, so this blew my mind. Mm. So this was fuel cells, and we're going to come on to it, wait for it, hydrogen combustion. Hello. Okay. Now, I will freely admit, I didn't realise how little I knew about hydrogen technology for vehicles. Yeah, so the bit that I know is that basically they get water and then they, they take the chemicals off the water to create hydrogen. Is that right? N- yeah, no. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, if you're talking about hydrogen fuel cell, right? which by the way, I always thought there was always these like myths of like, you're going to have to go to a station, you're going to have to ch- change the cells and you're going to have to plug in these big tanks and stuff. The fuel cell is a... No... <laughs> Bear with me. Don't get it wrong. My high school chemistry, yeah. Uh, Let's say it's a box. But um, in one side goes hydrogen, and on the other side goes air. Right. Okay? And then in the middle, there's a a catalyst and a membrane separating the two. And that... Like a filter. Like a filter. Right. And that filter, let's call it, uh, only allows uh, positive parts of the hydrogen cells to go through the protons to pass through into the air chamber. What happens to the waste? So... That is what creates the electro the electrolytes. So they pass through in electricity, charge the battery. Right. Then they eventually meet the air, the protons from the hydrogen, and then they make H2O water. Right. Which creates a spark. No, 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 no. No, no, no. no. So so separating so the hydrogen atom? Oh, God, you're asking me too many questions. The hydrogen atom, I think... I need to know, Yeah, the splits. So the protons, the positive part of hydrogen, passes through the membrane. Right. The negative part, the electrons, passes, has to find another route around the membrane. It can't go through the membrane, so it has to pass another route. Yeah. And it passes through the cable that charges the battery. That creates electricity. Right, The electrons are the electricity. Okay, fine. So that's what charges the battery. Right. And then, so they're passing along that wire, charging the battery, and then they eventually meet back up in the other side of that box with the air and the positive parts of hydrogen. So you've got one part of hydrogen positive. The yeah. second part is negative. That's H2, two parts of hydrogen, yep. O, oxygen, water vapour. Right. And that's what's expelled. Right. Okay. So right. a hydrogen fuel cell is just an alternative way of charging your electric vehicle. Okay. It is still an EV. Yeah. Uh, it gets no a bit engine. confusing. So no engine. No engine, right. It's still okay, an fine. electric... It's just a different way of charging an electric vehicle. Fine. And, and what it means is that we could rock up to a fuel station and you could fill a tank with hydrogen. Right. So, so you know, that, that would be the simpler, theoretically... Which is really expensive. Well, that's the problem. Yeah. So hydrogen, even though it's massively abundant, it's insanely expensive... There is a volatility to it, so you've got to think about safety as well. Yeah, and then also the big thing on um, uh, anything with uh, fuel cell is heat. So it gets extremely the actual cell gets incredibly hot Fair. whilst it does that process. So you've got to add in cooling and things does like that. Create the energy, which creates the energy. Right. So, so uh, long story short, it's theoretically uh, a clean, a, a, a more efficient and greener way to do it to power an ev 
if the hydrogen is green. You see what I mean? So if you've done it, if you solar or wind, you know, if it's a green hydrogen, then you've theoretically got a cleaner product. More so than a battery. More so than a battery. Now, the other interesting way to do it is to have a static fuel cell. So you don't put the fuel cell within the vehicle. The vehicle is an EV, which has got a... um, Hold on a sec. Yes, it's an EV. And the the fuel cell is at a petrol station. So not a petrol station. God, ah! Fuel station. Yeah. And it's creating the electricity which you then charge right. so so rather than going to a tesla supercharger and that's electricity is being generated traditionally you can generate the electricity using hydrogen fuel right, so you go to a hydrogen supercharger basically exactly there right. you go exactly which is i think what extreme e do at the moment so okay. i think the extreme e vehicles take a big shipping container with a hydrogen fuel cell in it and that's how they're charging their vehicles in the middle of nowhere to- this all sounds really really too complicated oh for my me. god Let, it is let's just Let's just <laughs> concentrate on synthetic fuels. Let's just get that right. We'll save the engine. We'll not have all this crap. Well, when they, hold on. <laughs> I'm, no, I am with you. I am with you. But this company that I was at, and, and this content will eventually come out, are amazing. And they are industry leading in terms of developing this stuff. And when you walk, I walked in and I was like, oh, this isn't, like, that's not a thing. Right. And then they show me what they've actually developed that down into and specifically within race cars. And I'm like, you're geniuses. Right, I'm yeah, like, yeah, oh my yeah. God, you're yeah. the cleverest people in the world. It's just science, right? Oh, it's all yeah, science. Yeah, yeah. And they've been working on this for way longer Forever. than any of us have realised. Yeah. Um, but the other interesting one is hydrogen combustion. And so this is essentially a way to save the combustion engine, maybe not old combustion engines, because it's, it's relatively complex to re-engineer an existing combustion engine for hydrogen. Right. Not impossible, but relatively complex. But moving forward, instead of obviously firing fuel into the cylinders, fire hydrogen and air. And which it creates is, the same spark. Which is always what we've said on here. It's, ne- it's not the actual engine that's the problem, it's what goes in it. it bang on. And, right. and actually the company that I was visiting, this was the big thing that they were saying from, mm. from the racing side is- But that's true. Why is combustion engine the bad word? It's not the the engine is not the it's the what's goes in it. You're For totally sure. right. Yeah. So all these long old stories of you know in oh in Japan they're fueling engines with cooking oil and you know because that is a potential way to save us all synthetic fuels as yeah. we really fly the flag for well, here. There's lorries in this country, mate, that that use renewable oil to fuel their trucks. Amazing. Uh, McDonald's, oh, okay. I, I believe, use a similar system on their lorries. They sure. use their old cooking fuel from their. I don't know if they still do it, but they definitely did use their old cooking fuel from their old cooking oil yeah, yeah, yeah. from the restaurants to fuel the trucks. So, and called what biofuel? Is that biofuel? Yeah. Okay, yeah. fine. So yeah, I mean, genuinely fascinating. Yeah, really blew my mind. Yeah. Amazing engineering going on. Yeah. I had totally not understood what hydrogen was, what it offered. Um, can I see it as a viable alternative? I think for agriculture heavy duty vehicles, you know, ships, trucks, you know, things like that. Sure, this looks like a good potential route because it's, was it lighter than a, but there was some other, it's not just that it's cleaner and greener. It's more, Anyway, so I can see that yeah, as potential. Okay. Combustion, very interesting, but has its own question marks over it as well. Um, but yeah, anyway, fascinating, fascinating. Oh, I thought fascinating for your days. I nearly could have corrected you like you do with me every week. <laughs> no, it was because I was in Austria and I just, the accent was rubbing off on me. 
But yeah, amazing few days. And and I guess I'll share when that content goes live. Really interesting for me to do some presenting rather than some creating. Yeah. Did you um, have a proper crew and all that? Proper camera? crew, Did you? proper producer. Like, yeah. Was... So you weren't just vlogging? I wasn't just vlogging. <laughs> it's quite nice because I, I did actually post on Didn't just Instagram. take over someone's Instagram? No. <laughs> Guys, check me out. It was quite nice because I did I did a post saying that I, especially this week, but I've been speaking to you about this a lot, been suffering with real bad imposter syndrome. Oh, yeah, it's so funny. It gets me every time. In a bit of a creative funk. And so it was quite nice to have a couple of days where I didn't actually have to pick up the camera. Yeah. And I could let somebody else make all those creative decisions. Yeah. I just stood there like a robot and said, yeah. Hello, welcome to. Did you have a script? Did you have a have a like, did it go down on no, the on the camera? No teleprompter. No, so it was someone in your ear. They no, they trusted me. Luckily, way more than they probably should have. Right. So there was a general gist of like, what are we trying to get across? And then have a stab at it. You create it, and, yeah, I, and okay. I just I just spitballed. If I'm honest, <laughs> so weird. It was like sit down, sixty seconds with Sam. Sixty uh, <laughs> seconds. So he spoke for. <laughs> I prefer to go off the cuff. Okay, fine. I prefer to just chat. Yeah. And if I get it horribly wrong, I'll try again. Or, or then you can give me some input. If you give me a script, I, I'm, I'm a bit like... I, I, I am 100% the same as you. I'd much rather be off the cuff and react, mainly because I can't read. Yeah. But, but you know what I mean? I would much rather, because it's more natural. It's more um, authentic. Well, you know if I mean? you look back at some of our earliest work together... When I was trying to coach you into being a YouTube star, yeah. YouTube sensation, yeah. whenever I tried to manage you slightly and get you to say certain things, it would always go horribly wrong. For sure, yeah. And the minute I just encouraged you to be more yourself or yeah. allowed you to be more yourself, good boy, I regretted that. <laughs> um, it all came together. Look yeah. at you now. Look at yeah. you now. Flying. BBC Radio because of the coffee. Yeah. <laughs> Literally. Not flying for any other reason. So, I mean, I know it looks like I'm sitting down, but I feel like I'm floating <laughs> in the air. But that's what coffee should be about, mate. I'm so glad it's working. At, at two o'clock in the afternoon. You're not going to be able to sleep for two days now. No, I won't be, no. Um, so, to carry on a little bit, I guess, about my trip before we, we come to you. So, lots of interesting things on the way there and on the way back. You went in, uh, for people that don't watch Sam's main channel, he went in his new F-Type Jag. Thank you very much. He yeah. went in the new F-Type R, Truffle, I've nicknamed it. Truffle, um, is that truffle, what you've called yeah, it? Yeah, yeah, called it Truffle. <laughs> um, fantastic car for that kind of trip. Yeah. I took, I've actually, I got back last night, I've done 4,000 miles in that car already. Really? I mean, it's like two and a half weeks, I've done 4,000 miles. And tell me, um, we know what it's like down a motorway and there's a cruiser, it'll be amazing, you can turn everything down and... It's got lovely new screens now and you can put your Apple CarPlay on and cruise. And what was it like? Did you do twisty stuff? What was it yes. like to twisty stuff? That's what I wanted to come on to. Right, good. So uh, if you do watch the main channel, uh, a video went live yesterday. If you're watching this today, it's released or it's just gone live uh, of me yeah, up on a, I think one of the best mountain roads I've ever driven. Was this the road that you sent me? Yeah. Austria? Gro Gross Glockner. Yeah. Something Strasser, like high Alpine road. Uh, so this was a road that was purposefully built in the 30s as a tourist road over the Alps. Right. They literally, like, I think it was post-World War One or whenever they were saying, how do we get some people back to Austria? How do we create some money? And they were like, let's build this road. And everyone was like, you're mad. No one owns a car. Like, it's 1930. Yeah. And they're like, no, no, trust us. We're going to get like 100,000 more people come to the country. And they're like, piss off. Anyway, somehow I managed to get the funding to build it. And the first like the year, hindsight. I mean, look oh, at it now. The foresight. Foresight. Yes. <laughs> Hindsight's the other way around. Isn't it? Exactly. Right. Uh, I had the foresight because year one that it opened, 1936, I think 345,000 extra people went to Austria Did just they? to drive this road. Yeah. So it's stunning, but also for us, 
a great driving road. Busy? I was up at 5am. Ah, so it is it a busy road in general? Yes. Right. Opens in the summer at 5.30. It's a toll road. Right. Not cheap. Right. 38 euros for the day. Right. Um, yeah, so I, f- first for the through day? the gate. Yeah, for, for the day. Well, it takes that long to drive it? No, no, but you, once you've got the pass, you can go up and down as many times as you like. Did you? And you would, because you can go on big hikes. There's coffee shops. There's restaurants. Okay, fun. So I was there from 5.30. I left at one. One thirty. Oh right, you, yeah. you had a proper up and down. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I wasn't messing around. But interesting. So I was first through the gates. I I saw four other cars before eight a.m. They were all Porsches. Were they? I saw a nine nine one GT three, a nine eight one Cayman GTS, and a Boxer GTS, and then two old nine like an old Targa, uh, and then an old SC or something like that. I was like, go on, lads. Yeah. At about nine o'clock, mayhem. Was it? You want to be out of there. It's just caravans, motor, so many motorbikes. Yeah. Um, it's not a driving road at that point. It's then a scenic road. Okay, fine. But yeah, so the F type. So it, the whole reason that I wanted to drive to do this presenting gig is, well, I just wanted an excuse to go on a trip in that car. And I thought, oh, cool. Well, you know, going into the summer, I can make some cool content um, better than flying in and out, especially because flying's a disaster at the moment. A full on disaster as well. But also I remember like so many of my memories with my original Jag were of Alps roads. I feel like yeah. I've spent so much time driving on the twisties, but that was five years ago. Yeah. And I've spent a lot of other time and owned a lot of other cars in that period. And, and it so six years ago, mate, six years ago. Yeah. So I think the F type R convertible, the, the one that Jag very kindly lent me was probably the closest I've been to doing Alps or twisty driving roads since owning my original car. We did that last year. In last October. year. And it was good. That car. Yeah. It was, I was actually very impressed by yeah. it. Um, but this is now the coupe and I obviously optioned the ceramic brake. Did you feel the difference? Hmm. <laughs> Four corners into going downhill, I think the pedal felt a bit soft. Really? I I genuinely now I'd be fuming. Well, so I I, I want to do more. I wish I had more time on that trip to do more driving. It's the only time the whole the rest of the trip I loved. I was like I felt so much more assured with those brakes because it's an expensive option for an F type and not one that you see ticked very often. How many people are choosing hardly at all? Yeah, mate. I mean I've sold loads of F types over the years and I've never ever had one with ceramic. It seems unnecessary, but I wanted it because of our experience in the convertible last year. I was like, yeah. I just want to, and the rest of the trip I have to say fantastic, but that one that was the wonder that I pushed the car the hardest and downhill. Big braking zones. I, I genuinely think I felt the pedal go soft quite quickly. But that's not the brakes. That's the brake. That's the fluid. Uh, fluid or... Te- so well, uh, talk to me more. Yeah. So the what happens is normally a brake pedal will go soft because of the fluid. Not getting not, too hot. Yeah. The okay. fluid get... The, the, it's really common on road cars. You can upgrade the fluid or you change the... You change the brake pipes as well. You can change the pipes okay. to make it get through quicker and upgrade the fluid. And it helps. But brake fade is not normally the brakes, normally the fluid. Fine. In, in my experience. Yeah, I've of, had such limited experience yeah, with ceramics, tracks especially. Yeah, like, it's not normally the brakes. Okay. Because they're meant to get, they're meant to get hot. Of course. So the, the, the hotter they get, technically the better they, they work. work. It's the fluid that will, will, will then restrict you at that point. Because I had to do one, on another day, I had to do one big stop. Yeah. Went around the corner. <laughs> oh, there's a tractor. Did you? Uh, <laughs> and I was like, thank God. Because I actually, I re- it was like basically stopped on a stamp. Yeah. But you know, those cars, I mean, I had a brilliant time. I had a brilliant time. The car's fantastic. I'm super happy with it uh, for that kind of trip. But they are still cruisers. You know, they are still wafters. It's like, a GT car. It's yeah. a GT car. And it's yeah. a fantastic GT car. And look, it's flawed in some areas, but I think that's what makes it special. Um, 
were there times when I was like, can't wait to be here in my GT3? Yes. yes. Are there times when I thought, oh, this would be fun on the 360? Of course. It's a different car, yeah. But for the, you know, 4,000 miles, Graz is further than you would think. I mean, that's yeah. a, it's a long way down Yeah, to yeah. Um, you know, I did big miles and I was always just so happy getting in that car, walking up to, I love that. I'm so happy with the spec. It's going to be, as I'm going to use it as a daily, Yeah. Um, it's going to be perfect. And I've seen a few people questioning like, well, how does this make sense? You've got the X3, you got the, F- the, the F-Type's the car that I'm going to be using the most. Yes, I've got the X3. That's kind of the family car. I mean, Vicky and Twiggy are in that more than I am. Uh, and it's for when I've got to move stuff around or, or all of us need to go on a trip somewhere or we're going to a family holiday, whatever it might be. But but day in, day out, I'm, I'm usually going to be in the F-Type. And yeah, fantastic. Mm. Super, super cool. Good. Final thing that I'll touch on before we come on to what you've been up to. Um, I went to the, well, I went to Porsche Museum. I went to Mechatronic. That was all awesome. I went to Shout Kulissa. What's that? Okay, so this is an oh, amazing dealership south of Munich. Right. And this content's coming soon, so a bit of a teaser for you now. And I drove 2005 Ford GT. Did you? <gasps> Second time I've driven it, but not oh. for a long time. You're semi-intrigued by those, aren't you? I am. Yeah. I am semi-intrigued because I think like when you look at when you look at value of car of that era, it's still not that expensive. Um, it has come up a bit. I think you know they went down to like hundred and fifty grand or something. What are they three hundred now? Probably you've hit the you've hit it on the nail the nail on the head. I think when they launched in, a, I don't know the UK pricing because only a hundred cars were imported mm. to, to Europe. Um, they were one hundred and fifty thousand yeah. dollars in the US, which at the time was like ninety thousand pounds. Yeah, but I think imported cars were probably a bit more than that. But you're right for a good one in the UK now. 450 grand. Oh, are they that yeah. much? Oh, they're, right. They're between 350 and 450, right. depending on, you know, European import. Whatever. Well, the new car would have helped that as well, because the new car is still stupid money. So what happens is, is obviously that's dragged the prices up of the older car. But the old car, because it's older, it's just naturally, oh, what can I buy that will, that I think will appreciate? And initially it turns into speculation, and then they start to do that. And then, and then, there's obviously a load that just go away. And this has happens with all classic cars. A load just go away. They never get driven. And then and then there's the other end where people think, oh, these are a few quid. I'm going to put them on the market. And then a few start in the market. And then they start to come down again because obviously there's more cars on the market than there are for people, which is what I think will happen to Carrera GT. Interesting. It, it, it's gone up. It's gone up. They're, fe- they're fetching big money. And then all of a sudden... There'll be a few on the market and then they'll just pitter off because it's, it's a, always a, it's never a huge, it doesn't go on forever, mate. It's like, it's like anything in this world. Nothing goes on forever. If you can get in and out at the right time in that window, then yeah, you've hit the jackpot. But if you miss that window and it's gone, you've got to wait forever, how long till they come back trendy again? Well, I think, I think, correct me if I'm wrong, American viewers and listeners, I think the Carrera GT has cooled off a bit in America already. I think it I'm was sure it at the point where it was at sort of early twos and it's come back down to early ones, which is yeah. still a hike, but it's, it's cooled off a bit. I, I, would, I would argue with you slightly in the sense where there are a few cars, and we're probably talking about 60s cars, um, and maybe the McLaren F1 these days, that continue to trickle up. Then They're not really bu- on a bubble. You know, if, if a 250 GTO... A great 250 GTO came out now. It's going to be more than it was. That's 10 a years really, ago. really special car, though, mate. That's but just... there's a handful of them: G- GTO Alpha, original Alpha 8 C's, yeah. McLaren F1, Pagani Zondas at the moment. I think yeah, going insane. Like huge money. Uh, uh, special Gullwing, special you know any special yeah. 60s competition Ferrari. Like 
there, there are a handful of Correct. things that are going up. Yeah, but, yeah. but you're right. The more modern stuff, modern mm. classics, I'm with you. They tend to sort of peak and trough. Yeah, they do. Yeah. Um, so 4GT, this is exactly the video I made, actually. So I'm so glad you said this. Because I was like, am I alone in my thoughts here? Is could this be a great investment car? Because 4,000 units, it's one of the last analog supercars. Yeah. It, weirdly, the stats are very similar to my F-Type. So it's a supercharged V8, 5.4 litre, 550 horsepower, and 600 and something newton meters of torque. Mm. So very similar output. Man- manual car. Manual though. car, rear-wheel yeah. drive. Yeah. Uh, mid-engine. Yeah. Uh, real, I think, unbelievable supercar looks. Yeah. So it was celebrating 100 years of Ford, <clears throat> but obviously commemorating the original GT40. Yeah. And looks much closer to the original car than the new car does. Correct, yeah. Um, and just, I think it's such an attractive package. I would love to know what you think if you drove one. I would I would as well, by the way, 110%. If I had a choice out of the two, I'd definitely have that older one than the newer one. Same. If someone said to me, do you want the new shape one or do you want the old shape? I would 100 And I don't like old cars. No. I would 100% no, yeah. have the older one, yeah. for sure. It's, yeah. and I'm giving away a lot of my content now, but I did review this car previously on the channel, so it shouldn't be anything new. It's unbelievably easy to drive at low speed. Yeah, you it's, said, it's yeah. It's beautifully easy to drive. The clutch is perfectly weighted. The steering wheel's tiny. Visibility's a bit intense, but yeah. I mean, you would expect that. Most supercars are crap. But it's when you really start to crack on, because it's a big hunking V8. It's yeah. not a fine-tuned Challenge for Dali V8. Yeah. It's a real big shab- Yeah. Um, and the torque is sort of high up, you know, it almost feels like a turbo boost when that supercharger kicks in. But I think it's got great steering feel. I think it's got great balance and I think it's a really nice car to drive. I don't think it's very you. No, it wouldn't be me. I, I don't think sure. it's very you. No, no, I think no, no, it's no. a great thing to have and to look at and, and to make money on. It's going to be interesting to see because they've been trickling, but very slowly. Is that a f- 750 grand car? I Mm. who knows mm. we never ever really know what what they're going to ever peak at not just them just in general yeah. you know yeah but all of a sudden i know for sure that things do just drop off you know they don't just i know you you said that there are a handful that do kick out and that's true it's like a you know an expensive painting or a really really some collector piece collective yeah. watch or something like that but in general They'll have their peak and then they'll have their trough, you know. So um, th- th- that's normally what happens. Just like Bitcoin. Yeah. <laughs> no, no. no it's, 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 I mean, going? I don't understand it, but no. I mean, I mean, is it I going back up? I don't, uh, who knows, mate? Who I mean, knows? I don't care. I don't invest in it because no. <laughs> I like to invest stuff that I can see and touch. But <laughs> yes, people always say that. I always think there's a bit of conspiracy around Bitcoin anyway. That the big the big companies control it, basically. Oh. That's controversial. So, yeah, that they. Um, if we were on the F one show right now, we'd be going conspiracy corner with that. Yeah, one. I have a, I have a certain. I'm not going to talk about because no. I can't be bothered. But but and I have a very very uh, very very interesting conspiracy theory with oh, Bitcoin. Very interesting. Um, okay, well, I, th- I think that kind of brings you up to speed with what I've been up to. It was it was an interesting trip. It, I wouldn't say it was my favorite ever or the best ever. Europe was busy as hell. I got caught up in you that, said that, yeah. that Eurotunnel mess. The weather wasn't fantastic. I was suffering with bad imposter syndrome. <laughs> really needed that holiday, but luckily- You needed so. your mates with your mate. I need my mates, but also, yeah. you know what? Like, I just needed to stop giving myself such a hard time. Like, I, I, maybe we spoke about this briefly or maybe I spoke about it on Instagram. The first half of this year has been so amazing. Yeah. And you as an audience have been incredible at supporting what we're doing here and on the main channel that I've ended up in this position of putting too much pressure on myself and you doubting everything I'm doing. Yeah, it's like, yeah. firstly, I, I burnt out 
with the Melee, Tenerife, Canada, yeah. British Grand Prix, Goodwood Festival of Speed. Yeah, yeah. But then, but then also creative, I was a bit like, oh. But then also now, everything I put out, I'm like, oh, is it going to live up to what we've already done this year? Yeah. Which I just need to relax and go with like the video that went out at the weekend. I thought it was a disaster. Like <laughs> we filmed across like two or three days. I tried like various ways. I was like, this is awful. I'm just going to put it out. I don't care. Like just release it. You put a lot of pressure on yourself. And everyone's like, oh, I love this video. I'm like, yeah. oh God. So yeah, anyway, holiday coming. So thank God. Uh, just a reminder in case you've missed a few episodes. Uh, very shortly, Tony and I are going on a bit of a break. Uh, we always like to do this uh, during the year just for all the reasons I just explained. It's only a couple of weeks. So don't panic. Only a couple of weeks. Don't worry. Um, but there will be a few weeks where we're off air. Mm. Now, as, I, as we said at the beginning, there's lots to talk about because I'm not the only one who's been having an interesting time. No, whilst it's we've unusual been apart. for me to have an interesting time. I mean, I do have an interesting time, but I just don't normally talk about it on, on, no, no, on camera. Because I think it's you're not- a boring guy. But anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Tell me everything, because I was kind of amazed that this was happening to you at the weekend, and I'm super intrigued to hear all your thoughts. Uh, set the audience up, let them know why we're excited to discuss what you were doing the last few days. So, uh, weekend just gone, I had a SF90 for the weekend. Woo! So, from uh, Friday afternoon till, uh, it's Monday today, I've just, just literally just dropped it back and come straight here. So, I had it for a full weekend, probably done four or five hundred miles in it, so... I didn't have it for 20 minutes. Before I get onto that car, I briefly drove a 296 GTB. So, which kind of set me up to get into the SF90, which I'll come back to. So, obviously, I've got in this 296. I've gone down to get the SF90. And they've said, um, I've got the new 296 there. Can I interrupt you to two seconds? Yes. Where did you go? Oh, uh, sorry. Yeah, and I was going to come around. How did this come about? So, yeah, I just want to set it up nicely. Yeah, so uh, I went down to Meridian Modena, okay. which is a new Forest Ferrari dealer. It's the Ferrari dealer I deal with. I've had last five Ferraris out of there. Okay. So, um, I've known them for many years. I bought lots of trade cars off them down the years. Um, I know the owner and they're really lovely people. It's a, it's a, a family owned business as well. So it's nice and nice and intimate essentially is them dealing with a big group that you deal with one bloke for 10 minutes. Then you, you know, all the staff have been there a long time. So, uh, it's always a really nice experience as a customer. So, um, they lent me the car. They were, they were absolutely more than happy to lend it to me. Um, because it's a consideration in changing it for the pista. So, uh, and is this off the back of Mille Emilia and our sort of, did you sort of say, look, I've seen this car and I'm kind of interested? No, it, it's not because like we said, when we come off the back of Mille Emilia, it was the F8 that was the most intriguing for us, you know. Um, and But I've driven the F8 and it's not for me. It's, it's a bit soft. And when I compare it to a pista, it's not. It's just not the same, you know. And as we know, I have a really specific. Well, done. I say this every week, well and I really still struggle with it. Yeah, yeah, it's good though. A, a, a real. I'm not going to say the word again because I might not get it right. Specific. There you go. Specific. Um, need for a car, it has to be a certain way, or I don't well, like. Basically, it has to be a pista. <laughs> no, no, it has to be a, a, a track orientated car so sure. a gt3 a gt3 rs a speciali a performanti a p-star all that's amg gtrs all yeah. that sort you of like the hard suspension yeah. Yeah, yeah yeah the lightweight stuff although some of them i mentioned they're not light at all but <laughs> for that you know so um 
it, the 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 piece is obviously going to go after my next trip, and uh, I've been there's a there's a ton of cars that I'm interested in having. Ne- I still don't know what I'm going to get next. Sure. SF90 is obviously a consideration, but we spoke loads of times about it and and we spoke to Shmi about it briefly as well when we saw him at um, Nürburgring earlier on in the year. And he was very like, it's a GT car. Mm-hmm. And I and uh, uh, as much as I was really intrigued by it, I thought, well, I don't want a GT car, mate. It's going to be far too soft for me and what I want. And when you look at it outside as well, it looks really big. Like, and you think flipping oh it's actually like a really big car so I thought I be- I've got to get in one I better get my ass in one so anyway eventually the, the, oddly there's really in the Ferrari network there's like hardly no demos mate I mean Meridian have had theirs for forever but they was one of the only dealers in the country that took a demo Okay. Because you didn't have to take a demo oh, sure. as a Ferrari dealer, but they, they obviously took, and their car's done 8,000 miles. Wow, you know, it's, it's been out, yeah, it's been yeah. used. So, um, anyway, I goes down to get it. Um, and then they introduced it to 296 GTB. Um, so, I, I'll talk about that quick. So, I go, uh, uh, gets in it. It's all lovely and modern. I thought, oh, this is good. This nice. is, this is like, is this going to work? Like, this is brilliant. Like, not the old dial and the stupid screen there and the silly screen and all the silly buttons that you get in old Ferraris. Um, so uh, um, I'm in it. I'm looking at all the modes. It goes, I only had 20 minutes though, mate. Mm. So mm. I, I never really got to drive. I just went down a long road and back, basically 10 minutes out and 10 minutes back. And m- my comparison was obviously I had to compare it to the Pista because that's what I own and that's what I wanted to compare it to. So I got back like a little bit underwhelmed, right? And this will all become apparent when I explain the SF90. So I thought, I'm not sure that would be for me, that car. It's very soft. Like, it doesn't feel as urgent. I'm going to say something now because I know the audience are going to be screaming at their screens or... I know what you're going to say. I, well. I know. I know you know what I'm going to say, but I just I have to vocalize it because yeah, I know yeah, we're cool. all going to be thinking it. Yeah, it's not a piece to rival. Correct. Like you know, so so so, and and you tend to, in the same way that I do this, but you tend to compare everything to the piece or, or, or reference everything to the piece and often come back saying, "Oh, it's a bit too soft, a bit too heavy. Like it's not raw enough." New, which I, I get. You're comparing it to you're you're replacing the piece, so it has to live up to it. But yeah, just. We're all. Tony is also aware that it's not a rival. He's just vocalising in his head, "What do I want out of a car?" Correct. Well, this car is too soft. I know it's not going to be as stripped out and as focused as a Pista, but I'm just comparing it because that's the car he's replacing and what he wants. So correct. Well that, done. Yeah, just important to because I uh, <laughs> people will be screaming. Yeah, 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 yeah right. it's not a Pista. And, There's and a Pista coming. And I would and I would always do that. I always do it when like when I had the GT3 RS when I had the Purple Menti. Always like because they're the cars that I really liked, and that's what you're replacing. That's what I'm replacing. <laughs> yeah. Like so, I, I I want it to make me feel the same as what I feel now. And out of out of all the cars I've owned, the best two cars I think I've ever had is the GT3 RS and the Pista. I think they're the best two cars I've had. And if you ask me to pick between the two, I couldn't. Do you know what I mean? Because I have so many good memories between the two cars. But so that was my direct comparison. So I comes back in the two nine six. And I felt a little bit underwhelmed and I thought, well, it does sound good. I mean, 
inside they've done an amazing job with the noise I didn't really get all the modes. I couldn't go that fast because I was in the new forest and you can't go that fast, especially this time of year. Do you remember what modes you were in? I pressed them all. But did you go, so you went up into qualifying mode and stuff? I went into qualifying mode and this okay. is when I'm going to come back round to it when sure. the SF90. Okay, so, yeah. so um, yeah, I drove it in E-mode. I drove it in hybrid. Okay, I drove so it in all the modes. Have, okay, fine. Yeah, fine, I did, fine. I, I did have a go yeah. and I accelerated and I, I braked and... You know, I tried to get a bit of a feel for it, but you can't in 20 minutes, mate. I, I, honestly, I do not know how these journalists, and how they switch on and, and they say, right, you've got this car for an hour, you've got to do a proper full review on it and you've got an hour with it. I don't know how they do it, mate, because you can, you cannot, you can't, some cars, you you get it straight away, like the GT, your GT3, you get it in 500 yards, but there's some cars you really need to spend some time with before you actually go, ah, I get it now. Well, I think that's where many traditional journalists are are so good at their job because they are able to uh, read a car very quickly or, or, or describe a car very quickly. But you're right. And, and I think they would admit this and I would admit I've done it many times before. Yes, you can judge a car too quickly. And that has happened. There have been many cars. Before, no. yeah, yeah. Oh my God, a million times over. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a, it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. That yeah, cars will often make more sense to them, especially on how you're using it. Like it's a big thing that I struggle with. So that 4GT video I mentioned that I filmed last week, I had an hour and a half to film it. Yeah, And luckily I'd driven the car before and I kind of knew what I wanted to say, but it meant that I was saying what I wanted to say without actually really analyzing the experience. Fair. So, so I was kind of just, I knew what I wanted to say and I was just regurgitating. Okay, it. fine. 
Now, that's not very good journalism. And actually, in the moment, was I experiencing something different to what I was saying? I, I can't really tell you because I was just making a video. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, it was just, just off the cuff. Yeah, just making yeah. the content. Yeah. So, so you're right where, yeah, and, and again, eventually we'll come back to this because I've got some thoughts about 296 that I feel like maybe you didn't get a chance to experience. Yeah. Um, they didn't when you ever. So, so, okay, so, sorry, I interjected. You left you feeling a bit cold. Not cold, but I just felt like I really need to spend some more time. I felt a bit underwhelmed. I, I, I need to spend a lot more time. And the real big test for me is what I, when I really get out of a car is when I take it abroad and I go in the Alps because that's what I do with them predominantly, right? So, um... Oh, sorry, one more question. Go on. Keep jumping in. No, no. First hybrid Ferrari you've driven? Yes. Okay. Yes. Okay. So, again... I, I'm going to really come onto it when we get to SF90. Can we just get onto the SF90? <laughs> no, because you I'm keep just teasing it. <laughs> so, so the that that experience is finished, and um, we briefly t- spoke about price on two nine six GTB as well to to the dealership and stuff, and the demo I drove, um, it didn't have an Assetto Fiorano kit. It was three hundred and fifty grand. I mean, there are a few quid there, so they're. they're they're late 260s, 270 plus options. Wow. You can go mad with options, yeah, yeah, obviously, yeah. like any Ferrari. The Assetto Fiorano kit, which, by the way, if you've got a 296, do not waste your money on an Assetto Fiorano kit for a 296 because there will be a special car coming. And like we just said earlier, Sam interjected, that it's not a piece to rifle. It's a 488 F8 replacement. And if you're in the UK or anywhere which doesn't have absolute billiard smooth tarmac you don't get bumpy road mode in a a set of fiorano car it it, it's uh no it's a gtb it's not it's not a track you get get fixed um fixed dampers or fixed springs must be fixed dampers yeah so so you can't switch that lovely bumpy road mode which smooths out the the ride ever so slightly on a yeah non-billiard smooth public road you don't get that in a set of fiorano and if you're in a 296 gtb as, as you just pointed out that's a bit unnecessary i think yeah and later on in the conversation, he's going to think, well, Tony's contradicting himself here, but it will all make sense in the end. God, I can't wait for this. So, so, so watching on the Grand Prix. This is all going to unfold in the last 10 laps. Well, let's get there. It's Abu Dhabi all over yeah. again. <laughs> Don't say that. Too soon. Um, so there, there are a lot of them. There are a few quid. I wouldn't go mad on specs if I was you. I'd try and keep them under 300 because you can easily get all the right bits yeah, around the 300 mark. Anyway, it gets the SF90. Here we go. Spec? Uh, oh, mate, not not for me. Um, Rossa Corsa, black roof, silver wheels, <laughs> uh, black interior. <laughs> yeah, just like resale spec. Worse than resale. I mean, yeah, I, yeah. I, you know, it's not it's not for me. No. I, I I I think that SF90s always they're a bit like eight twelves. I think they look better in a dark color. Disagree, but sure. I don't think they look good in red. <laughs> Disagree, to be honest. Sure. I, prefer, I prefer a darker colour in them. And as well, what I don't like about SF90s, I don't like the liveries on them either. The Assetto Fiorano livery? The, no, it's not. So you've got a Fiorano kit and you've got the livery kit. So they're separate options. So you can have the livery without having a Fiorano kit? Correct. Really? And vice versa. So you can have... You can I have, know you can have a Fiorano without the livery, but you can definitely have the livery if it's not a Fiorano? I'm... I'm I would I would be more than sure you could do it's a Ferrari mate. if you want to if you want to put Googling. a stripe on your Ferrari you can if if you're paying for it they'll let you do it I'd be amazed if they say no you can't have it no because it it denotes but then it, they're contradicting themselves because it 
I know what you're going to say. It denotes like not being a Fiorano, but then you can have a Fiorano without a stripe. The stripe is an additional $23,000. What the heck? <laughs> I mean, it is. It's, it's, it's a load of money. It's just a The stripe, stripe. is an additional $23,000 here in the US. In the 296 US market, unlike the SF90 market, there's only one Assetto Fiorano package, the extended package, which is more inclusive. Um, there's no details that I found out. So. <sighs> I don't know how we can check. Out. No, look, I, I don't. I, I'm I, surprised. You can do whatever you like. I, in my, in the experience that I've always had for Ferrari, you can do whatever you want if you pay for it. Do you know what sure. I mean? Sure, fair enough. So, so I would be amazed if they said to you that you but can have, you, you can't have a stripe on a non-Fiorano car. I'm sure you can have a stripe. But I don't think you can have the Assetto Fiorano stripe. I'm sure. It's there to denote that it's an Assetto Fiorano okay. car. Okay. So, okay. I, 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 I'm sure. Like, but if it's there, I'm to- more surprised than doubting you. Okay. I'm just, I'm just like, I'm just like, because because it's an option. It's not. It, it's an option on top of the Fiorano pack, the stripe. Because the problem is the configurator doesn't exist anymore, does it? Yeah. No, because you can't order them. You can order a Spider, I think, still. But uh, well, let's see. I don't think you can order the the. Oh, SF90 Stradale. Let's see. Uh, oh yeah, perfect. Here we go. Right. Um, oh, straight on. Straight on. 3D still research in advance. You see, basic those, configurator. <laughs> okay. Uh, so loading 3D configurator. Uh, well, whilst that's loading, oh no, is it loaded? Is it um, done? Keep keep chatting whilst I see if I can. Yeah. Tip this so option. so uh, I get in this car annoyingly, annoyingly at them stupid harness seatbelts that you've <laughs> got on your car, and I thought, oh no. I've got okay. this for the whole weekend, this car, and I've got these stupid belts. Now, for the road, all you want is a lap belt that comes across and sticks you in. Them harness belts are good for one thing when you're on track going flat out. That's the only reason you want them. If you've got them in your car, if you've got a full Fiesta and you've got them in your car, you've died, basically. So I hate them belts. You're not wrong. They're annoying me. Yeah, yeah I drove a Stradale. <laughs> Uh, uh, on my trip, which had a lap belt, and I was like, "Oh, it's quite nice." Yeah, yeah. For the road, it's a, a, a lap belt is is fun. Yeah. So, um, I've drove home. I live uh, London, so a uh, hundred fairly boring drive home on the motorway. Uh, I I come off the motorway a bit earlier and done some wiggly bits. And I'm dro- this car is obviously a Fiorano car, which I've already mentioned. And I think, personally, it is an absolute must that you have a Fiorano kit on an SF90. And right. It is an absolute most must because it's not... It instantly... First of all, when I drove it, I, I knew in 10 yards, this is 110% night and day to a 296. It's completely different. Like you think, well, it's a hybrid car. There's not, it felt like so much more grown up. It felt like a, like a real, and I drove, I literally drove it around the one way system at Lindhurst <laughs> and thought instantly straight away, maybe it was because it, it had the Fiorano kit, the other one didn't. I instantly thought straight away, flipping hell, this feels completely different to the 296. Okay, so a few things. Uh, that I'm not going to... This is a rhetorical questions. Uh, firstly, would you have felt the same in a non-Assetto Fiorano car? We don't know. I don't know. We don't know. 
Um, and secondly, I think Shmi has said similar, or at least to me personally, that it is a very different car. Right. It does feel more grown up. It, because it, it, it has to be made. Like, yeah. this, you know, that was sort of semi-flagship car for Ferrari at one point. Like, what would be the point if the 296 came along and was just... Exactly the same. Or, like, or similar. Or similar. But like, I you know, think a lot of people do think that there's not a lot between the cars. Sure. It's night and day, mate. It, okay. it honestly is like really, really, really different, you know? Like Roma to 812 Superfast. Um, not, not, a, not a great comparison. Like... Uh, like normal basic 911 mm-hmm. to GT3. To GT3. Wow, okay. It's really different. Fair. Obviously, the engine makes a huge difference sure. as well because it's a V8 um, and it's not a V6 and they behave differently. So, fairly boring drive home. Um, drove it most of the time in uh, performance to start with, which is basically engine power, basically. It sort of recharges. It's got a very clever recharging system, this new hybrid Ferrari. I was very impressed with it. So it sort of, in performance mode, it sort of trickles a bit of charge back in the battery regeneration and stuff. And it's basically, with driving it like that, I would say it's similar speed to the Pista, as a comparison, sure, roughly. And I didn't really get it. Like, I was thinking, what, I mean, what is this car? Like, is it a GT car? Is it a supercar? Like, what is it? And it took me, like, right round to the next day to fully understand it. What I understood immediately within well, 10 miles. Within 24 hours. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. No, 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 Sorry. no, no. no. What, what I got immediately was how fast it was. Sure, okay. Yeah. That I got that sure. really away. quickly. Yeah, yeah. Because it is easily the fastest car I've ever been in. It's easily the fastest car I've ever driven. It is. I can't explain to you how fast it is. How does it compare, for example, to a 918? Well, it's definitely faster than a 918, for sure. It um, f- it f- it feels... It, everything feels so sped up. It's definitely faster than a 918. Yeah, yeah. It, 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 it is. Yeah, 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 yeah. It big, big. When, when, when you... When you being in around supercars and you drive a lot of supercars, like we both do... It's 0.2 of a second quicker, 0 to 60. It didn't feel like that, mate. It felt... But what does it what does it say the naught to sixty time in, on the on the two, two seconds flat for SF ninety two point two for nine eighteen spider yeah um, around various circuits SF ninety is quicker everywhere um, yeah I mean it's it's just quicker it felt it felt I'm just trying to see when it gets slower at any point no it's 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 quicker all the way it's quicker all the way yeah mate. yeah it's it, quicker all it, the way it yeah. it honestly felt like nothing I've ever been in. And everything else I'd ever been in felt slow. That's how fast it felt. So, um, I, I goes out in the Saturday morning. I didn't really drive it in qualifying mode a lot on the Friday, um, because of the roads. So I get get out in it Saturday morning. I put it in qualifying mode. Oh my God. Honestly, it absolutely blew my mind I, I just could not I, I can't I can't explain to you how it made me feel like everything was just like sped up like and then I thought 
Well, is it is it because I'm comparing it to my car because mm-hmm, I had to? Mm-hmm. Is it like just a fast pista? But it's it's not, mate. Because it it if you plant your foot in the pista, unless the tires are absolutely bang on, it goes left and right up yeah, the road, it's squirming everywhere. The SF90 is like a really, really, really fast Turbo S. Mm-hmm. So, and the way I think they've done that is that when you look at an SF90, the engine is really low to the ground. Really low, it's yeah. really yeah. low. And I think they do that to keep, to push the car down because it it feels like it's turning the world. When, when You've also got the weight at the front, right? Because it's, it's got some of the, the batch of the motor at the front? Yeah, so the, the front of the car. So obviously in, in performance mode, you're just engine. So mm-hmm. it's basically rear-wheel drive. Um, in qualifying mode, it's everything. Okay. The 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 engine and the, the electric motor. The electric motor is around 200 horsepower. So yeah. <laughs> in electric, and I did drive it in electric, yeah. In electric alone, it's as fast as a normal car. Mate. Yeah, it's, it's <laughs> yeah, amazing. Sure. And Ridiculous, then you've got yeah. 780 horsepower yeah. that you can turn on whenever yeah. you want. But so it's only qualifying mode. You get the full, the full proper, yeah. full nearly yeah. thousand horsepower. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's not just about it being a thousand horsepower, because obviously I've been in a laugh. But but a laugh's a little bit like most Ferraris are getting the power won't get the power down. Mm-hmm. This thing just sods off. Yeah, yeah of course. Like it is, it is unreal and and like I said it literally just squats down and like catapults you got like like you can't uh, modern Ferraris the turbocharged ones you have to be quick with the gears anyway and it's got the new 8 speed gearbox in as opposed to the double clutch sure so it's an 8 speed box but even then um it just keeps going and going and going and going and going and just flies flies like and then I started to get it I started to understand what it was. So uh, I, I, I mentioned earlier that it was, uh, that it looked big. It's not big when you drive it. It wraps around you. It wraps around you for sure. It, it 100%. It doesn't feel any bigger than uh, the my car or a 296. Um, it is full on a hypercar mm-hmm. in a supercar body. That's basically what it is. Because, does it feel like a Ferrari? Yes. Yeah? Yes. So, interestingly, this is a story I was going to tell mm-hmm. you. I was filling up with fuel, and a man pulls in the Speciale. Oh, nice. Yeah, yeah. Okay. He's come over, come said hello. Mm. How are you getting on with it? He said, hello, how are you? How are you getting on? Doesn't, didn't know me, sure, just sure, some sure. man. And I said, um, I said, it's not mine. I said, I've just been lent it for the weekend. I said, I- I'm really impressed with it. I, I, and he said, yeah, he said, I have a bit of problem with modern Ferraris. He said, a uh, bit soulless. Mm. And I thought, I, I'm going to stop talking to you because I'm going to finish you off because I I have never, ever driven a Ferrari that feels soulless. Have you? I, 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 I've never, ever got in a Ferrari. I think you can drive Ferraris at 30 mile an hour. If you've got that badge looking at you, mm. is, there a soul, is there a soulless Ferrari? I, I don't think there is, mate. I mean... Uh, I would say the characteristics of a modern Ferrari are very different. I, I think the brand is, or the, but they're not soulless. I can't put my finger on it, mate. I, I, I don't disagree with the guy. I, I don't disagree with the guy. Okay. I, I don't think I would go as far to say soulless 
And I would still say, I would agree with you that driving a Ferrari of any era is different to driving most other cars. Yeah. That's, oh, that's why it's the strongest brand, but it's a brand association. Yeah. Uh, but, but even a Lusso to an FF, it's a completely different characteristic. For sure, uh, yeah. And the 296 is an incredible machine. I, I would have a, I'd have a 599 GTO over a 296 every day of the week. That's who I am. Right. So I feel like the soul of the De Montezemolo era and pre that is a different kind. So uh, yeah, uh, it's a conversation for another time, but I personally think it's a yeah different character in the cars. I, I get where he's coming from. Yeah. I get where he's I, coming from. I don't from. get soulless. I would agree different character. Mm, yeah. There's a very, there's, there's something very different about a different character and something being soulless, you know, like a, a new shaped golf GTI is soulless. Sure. Do, do you know what sure. I mean? Like, sure. like I've never, ever driven any Ferrari and I've driven pretty much all of them and I've got in it and thought, well, this is a bit boring. You know, most people don't like the Pista. Yeah, I know. Yeah. So I think we're maybe the few, I'm definitely one of the few that branches across both modern and old Ferrari. Yeah. But, but I've said it many times in this podcast before, I don't get as excited by the new Ferraris as I do as the older ones. But you like older cars though. I like older cars. Correct. And when I drive the new Ferraris, I always say they're unbelievable and I love them and it's all the emotion is there. Yeah. But sitting here right now, if I won the Euro Millions, would I be going straight to my Ferrari dealership to order a new car or to buy a whole lot of older ones? I'd be buying older ones. Mm. You're right. That's just kind of who I am. So, yeah. so if he's a guy who's driving around in a Speciale, he is going to look at a 296 and be like, I'm all right, mate. Yeah. So I get it. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. anyway yeah, so, yeah. So uh, anyway, I stopped talking to him immediately, basically. So we are never going to be friends. We're not. We're not going to be friends because he obviously thinks the Speciale is the best car in the world, which is fair enough because that's his opinion. That's what he thinks. Sure. I, I personally don't think it's the best car in the world. Um. So long and short of it is, I, I tried to. I tried to really understand. Firstly, I'll say I don't. I don't think as a package as a car. There's some annoying bits on it, by the way. The switch gear is all modern, but it's all touchscreen. It's really annoying. It doesn't really... I don't really get it. It's all, It's like classic Ferrari. It's all over the place. The boot is terrible. The one thing I really didn't... And again, it's different when you're on an out road to when you're on a UK road as well. And I, and I, did, I didn't drive it really as fast as I wanted to because we're in the UK. I didn't like the front end mm. as much as I did my car. Um, and, and that's because it's got probably big electric motors at the front of it and it just felt a bit heavier. Maybe maybe on a nice big road. Maybe, maybe you just need to drive it a bit differently. What I did get from it is that for the money they are, I think it's the best value supercar on the market. Mm -hmm. I, I absolutely, if I had 400 grand to spend on a car, I, I wouldn't buy anything else, mate. I mean, it is incredible. It is, honestly, it absolutely blew my mind. And I put it in the group yesterday of our, as how I would summarise it. I, I, I think it's a, a, a tribute to Ferrari, the brand, of, of where they've been as a brand and where they're going. That's what I think that car is about. And if you think about it that way and you, and you and you really get your head around it and understand it and you spend some time in it, 
it blows your mind. It is honestly incredible. I think it's a nice uh, summary or a nice analysis for sure. I think what I found interesting is obviously there was a lot of miscommunication or or, or uh, rep- bad reputation around that car when it launched. And a lot of people just got rid of them real quick and didn't really want anything to do with them. They did have a lot of issues, sort of electrical gremlins at the yeah. start. But people who've kept them, I think, are dailing them. Like the amount I see pottering around London. In fact, the amount I see all over the place, like uh, a few weeks ago when I was in Europe, I saw one at the Eurotunnel. I've seen them in and around cities. I've, I, I see them being used. Used, yeah. Because I think non-Aceto cars, maybe Aceto cars as well. By the way, on the configurator, you can't choose the stripe. Okay, fine. Now, I agree Ferrari's Ferrari pay enough money, sir. Yeah. But I, I just think, I, I just feel like it's a, also a very Ferrari thing to say. No, if you want the Aceto Fiorano stripe, you have to have the package. Yeah, that probably... Uh, like yeah, they could probably yeah, do anything okay. other stripes. Yeah, yeah. But I, I just... Anyways, yeah. that's my... Let us know, by the way, if you're a Ferrari uh, uh, employee or you own one of these cars, let us know. Yeah. Um, so, so it, it, you're right. You also said it's, it's a bargain hypercar. It's an app and the it's values of them. Hypercar. I mean, they're under list already, right? I mean, you can, they're yeah, trading. Yeah. So a Fiorano car, you know, if you went mad and had the stripe and a Fiorano Stradale, SF90 mm-hmm. Stradale, they were upwards of 500 grand. Mm-hmm. Cars with, like less than a thousand miles are like 400, 420. Yeah. I mean, yeah. it's mad. So you have one of them or an 812 GTS. Yeah. I mean, it does everything an 812 GTS does better, by the way, because you can. Apart from boot space, it's more usable. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because it does, it does everything. I can't, I can't tell you enough. Uh, 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 another thing as well, the car that I had had cup sports on it. Uh, uh, cup twos. Cup twos. Okay. Yeah. So apparently, you can have, you can choose, you can have Pirellis or cup twos. Again, when you look at a 296 GTB, because it's a 488 F8 replacement, I wouldn't have the Larry tyres because it is a road car. The SF90 is a full on hypercar. You want the traction. You want, you want the kit, you want the tyres because it, it's a, I can't understand how someone with some money that doesn't really know what they're doing can go and spend half a million quid and buy that car. That that's how that's how dangerous it can be that car. It is so fast. There is a speciale coming though, the SF90, isn't there? Um well there's 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 been I'm, some rumors and some talks that there could I'm, be a I'm speciale fairly, version I'm coming. I'm fairly certain there's a speciale version coming which throws into the question again of this Seto Fiorano pack. It depends what you want out of this car. Yeah. Because I think Schmee's argument which I totally get as well is if if you're looking for the Stradale if you're looking for a road car road GT you're going to use a lot. Yeah. Then you might as well not get the Fiorano car because it's going to be more usable more comfortable on a day-to-day basis. Um, I, I get what you're saying. What you want out of the car, you want all the options ticked. But if there's a, a VS coming, mm. but can I tell you as well, the Fiorano? I don't know how comfortable the normal one is because I've not been in one. Sure. I didn't go in Tim's one. But the 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 Fiorano car, apart from it not having lift, which again at no point over the week, and I went over speed humps. I went, you know, I used it as as my weekend daily car. I used sure. it the whole weekend. I went shopping in it. I used it. So at no point did I think, oh, I needed lift. Or at no point did I think, 
this is any more uncomfortable than any other supercar. Absolutely. It, it wasn't like uncomfortable, mate. Do you lose anything else? Do you lose speakers or do you lose anything else? Like it's not that extreme, is it? No, no, no. So it's, uh, Fiorano is uh, exhaust, suspension, um, I don't think it's- Carbon fibre everywhere, all the carbon fibre loads, loads of carbon yeah. fibre, yeah. yeah. So it, it, it's not it's not brakes or tyres sure, or nothing sure. like that, you know, but-, but Okay, so long story short, how does this make you feel about the 296? Because that's what you were teasing 10 minutes ago the whole time. Does this make you reevaluate your 296 experience? Do you- no, because I need to spend some more time with it. But but if it is if it is the a, a baby brother, which it is clearly, I, I just need to spend some more time in it to understand that it is really very good as well. I, I'm not saying it's not a very good car because mm. it will be a good car and everyone says it's good. You said it's good and it's got amazing brakes and stuff, but I couldn't, I couldn't see that on a 20 minute drive. No, I, I think I think that's exactly, I think you definitely need to spend a weekend with that car as well, more time with it. I think the thing which you might find maybe is that firstly, actually is a car to own and live with. And I'm, I'm sort of thinking about people who are swapping their SF9 to a 296 because a lot of people did that when yeah. it got launched. When I was, uh, you said more usable boot space and livability and all that kind of yeah. stuff. Um, slightly more. What's the power still a joke? I mean, you know, it's, uh, with, it's with still too much. Eight, 820. Yeah, compared to 1001. I mean, like, yeah. cool. Rear wheel drive. So therefore, I think maybe a little bit more Larry in an exciting way. Uh, uh, more more Ferrari-ish. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, yeah. Um, the Piccolo V12. The sound is incredible. Yeah. Um, from the inside. Uh, yeah. And yeah, I just... I, the, the brake thing, because they made a big deal about it, and I... I thought I noticed it on the track that the brakes were, were particularly special. I, I don't know, like, which would I have? I think I'd have the SF92. The, the brakes seemed very good on the SF90. I don't know what brakes yeah. they are, but they they seemed really, and I don't know whether there's some assistant from the electric motors as well. Maybe it's a bit heavier, maybe it, but the, the, the brakes felt great, yeah. great like yeah. really good as well. So um, I, I just would have liked, and actually, when we look, when we go back on Melia Melia, and we was thinking how fast they were, they wouldn't have been flat chat, mate, because you, you the can't. As we saw, yeah, you yeah. think you think we we thought that they were going past us flat chat. We but, saw one, we saw one launch. It didn't be the blue one. Yeah, but he, I, he, that was a launch. But honestly, mate, I I launched the car, yeah, and I couldn't hold on. Yeah, that's I don't I I think. <laughs> You have to come off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, yeah of course. It's, too quick. It's, it's too quick. It's but too it, fast, mate. Is that where the soul is lacking? Because if it's too much and it's too fast... Depends what you like. But but do you not... F- so at slower, regular road speeds, are you still connecting with it? Are you still enjoying the experience? Um, I enjoy my experience in all Ferraris because it's a Ferrari, because I love Ferrari. You know, it's like I enjoy my experiences no matter what speed I'm going in a GT Porsche. Sure. Because it's a GT Porsche. Sure. So, um, yeah, I, 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 I just wish that I'd had it for a weekend in the out. Well, so, okay, so it, here's my point. Yeah. Maybe that car... I probably would kill myself. Spe- you, you would kill yourself. Yeah. You'd spend your life frustrated that you can't drive it faster, because once you've unleashed it on the Alps, once you've thrashed it, it a bit like I get, everyone talks about the first time you smoke a cigarette or the mm. first time you have sex, you're always chasing that high, that initial high. And so maybe if you took the SF90 and you just had that weekend in the Alps, every other time you drove it, you'd probably be like, "Oh, 
I want to unleash what this car's capable of. Yeah, well, the, the the other the other thing that I took from it as well, which I is a little bit scary. By the end of the weekend, I'd kind of started to get used to how fast it was. Yeah, yeah. which is which is terrifying. not which is terrifying. Yeah, that's you, you know what I mean. Yeah. Like you think to yourself, "Well, hold on a minute." If you then start to get comfortable about how fast it actually is, I mean, if you crash. It, it's yeah. it's not funny, mate. It's a goodbye moment. Yeah, yeah, it's goodbye. Yeah. Well, speaking of fast, and this is where we'll wrap it up because we've just spoken about this of for about thirty minutes. But super fascinating. I still haven't driven it, so I'm desperate to have a go. I I'm, would I'm, love you because you've yeah. been in. You've been in Shiro. I've never been in yeah. a Chiron, yeah, so yeah, you've yeah. been in. I'd love to have a go. I, I can't imagine a Chiron being. I mean, it would be top end, but I can't imagine a Chiron to to, you know, 150, 160 mile an hour being as quick as an SF90. I mean, need to get the... I mean, that's... That I would... I... Okay. Uh, five pounds. Chiron is faster. What, to about... What, to 150? To 150. One, do you think? Yeah. Can you check? Yeah. Because Stan, standard Chiron? S- standard Chiron start from start. Yeah. Not to 200 mile an hour. No, not to 150 mile an hour. Because the Chiron will piss off at 200. Now, now the website I use for all of these, by the way, is fastestlaps.com. Now, people can come to me and let me know if they're if famously, they're good, yeah. famously wrong. What do we say? To 150, is that 200 kilometers an hour? Around that, yeah. Chiron's 0.2 a second faster. Yeah, I mean, it's not So wait for this one. 0 to 300 kilometers an hour. Yeah. The Chiron is 3.3 seconds faster. Yeah, that's a joke. Yeah. And that's when that car really <laughs> the, the, gets going. That's, that's what I mean. Like, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. so, so th- this is where people misunderstand the Chiron. So 100 to 200, so rolling start, it's 3.7 to 4.2. 200 to 300, it's seven seconds dead compared to 10 seconds in the SF90. Yeah, yeah. Like, like I know you like to hate on the Chiron a bit. No, no, no. I but, love that, mate. I love the Chiron. I, I don't know. just... Oh, like, so, oh, sorry. Here's the actual breakdown. Sorry, 0 to 150 miles an hour, 8.6 for the Chiron, 9.8 for the SF90. Yeah. So you have to recalibrate. And what you have to remember about the Chiron is it, is, it feels massive. <laughs> yeah, that's like, a, it, yeah. It, doesn't, it doesn't feel like this. Like I can imagine the SF90, even though you mentioned it feels a little heavy at the front end. It's still nimble for us. Yeah, it feels like a supercar. It feels like a normal Chiron, It's like some big <laughs> thing. It's like yeah. a Titanic. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah. And that's the stat. It's not even the super sport. Yeah, no, no, no. So just FYI. But that, no, no, no. But what I'm saying is, is that, that I would like you to go in an SF90. Mm. So, because you, you, yeah, you yeah. have no, that, no. you have that reference. I, I don't have a Chiron to, reference. I would love to, I like you. I need to spend a weekend in one. I don't think Ferrari have got one on their fleet right now, but I'm going to send them an email straight after this just to check. Um, because I, th- I think I want one for a few days. Yeah, I don't, you, I, would. you I, won't get it in a as, couple of hours. There are dealers that have got them in stock that I'm sure would be very kind of offering me one for a couple of hours. Not what I want with that yeah. car. I, I want to live with it for a few yeah. days. But uh, yeah, so I was going to mention in terms of speed to wrap things up. One of the final things I did was uh, in real time yesterday. So last weekend for those of you watching, um, depending on when you're watching, I went to the Spa 24 Hours. Did you? And I was actually there because my friend Phil was competing in one of the support races. Yeah. Uh, and it was the- What was he driving? He has just bought a, oh, what year was it? Uh, 2005, let's say. Oh, no. 
Aston Martin DBR9 Le Mans car. Uh, oh. Yes. <laughs> Proper, mate. Proper. Proper. And yeah, he yeah. was racing in a class against, so it's a GT Masters class, yeah. uh, Maserati GT1, yeah, yeah. Uh, Audi RA, Porsche LMS there. Ultra. Yeah, Porsche, but nothing. So they had a lot of like 996 RSRs, 997 RSR. They weren't that quick, the Porsches. The Maseratis were the quickest. Uh, the Aston Martins were the second quickest. Because in period, it's, it, yeah, that's yeah. what they were in Yeah, period. yeah, yeah. I stood on the support pit lane going down towards Eau Rouge. And I put my camera out the first time to get the flybys. <laughs> Mate, race cars at full chat going towards Eau Rouge. I mean, that, I mean, I li- nearly lost my head. The Flat. Whole, everything's shaking. Yeah, I, yeah. Mate, unbelievable. That is speed. Yeah. And that's next level. Yeah, but it's it's not just that being next level, is that you they carry the speed, you see. So so I bet if you'd done a drag race between them and a and a really fast road car from naught to a hundred, uh, there wouldn't be hardly a lot in it. But no, no, but race cars are obviously are often held back as well. Correct. So Restricted that's and regulated. Correct. Yeah, yeah. So if you say for instance, if you got in a four eight eight challenge car and a and a regular four eight eight there's about a hundred and hundred odd horsepower difference yeah, in, yeah. in power. So in a straight line, there's not a huge, it's the, it's the brakes oh, and mate, the cornering and everything else. My point being a mid noughties GT Le Mans the car. The noise. Oh my, but everything about yeah, it, the noise, yeah. the smell, yeah, the extreme, yeah. and then flat out down yeah, towards yeah. Rouge. It was Do like, they lift for that or did they, did they do that? Uh, is it flat or is it down again? It's probably down again. Did he again. say he wasn't braking? So he said he wasn't braking for Eau Rouge. So I guess he was lift. 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 <gasps> But obviously, reprofiled over it. Apparently, you can take a much wider line. Or you can go wider. Oh, so because of all the crashes there. Yeah, yeah. Mm. It was a really fun event. I, I n- totally didn't know what I was turning up to. <laughs> I thought I was going to see Phil crash, because he usually does. Um, <laughs> <laughs> he won't mind me saying that. Did he crash? No, oh my God, he's all too good. I, I I'm not going to say anything else, because it's all in a video. But it really annoys me at how good he is. Really? Like, it's so annoying. <laughs> Everyone there was like, who is this guy? Who's this guy? But he does listen to this podcast, so I'm going to edit that bit out and say, oh, he's really bad. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, that's been us catching up. It's been a yeah, hectic few, well, 10 days or so. So um, we, we've had a blast, both of us. Yeah. Uh, this coming weekend, we've got the Alexander's Prestige live event, which mm. I, I don't know if we're going to fit in one more episode before our summer break or not, or that will be the last episode. You're going to have to stay tuned to find out what an exciting moment we don't you know are. Yet. We have no idea. But uh, that is coming next, so we can't wait um, for a big old summer get-together. We love our live shows. Um, and then, yeah, either we'll be back with you the following week or we'll be back with you after our summer break. Yeah. What might be season six, we don't know. By that point, this should be decorated. The new studio should be decorated. You haven't I, even painted it yet. No, I've, I've literally I've been way too busy. So fingers crossed over the next couple of weeks, I'll have time to... Uh, how long have we been recording? Oh, it's a long episode today. Aaron, 15. Well, I just... I can't figure out when I stopped shaking because of that coffee, but <laughs> I think it was about halfway through I stopped shaking. I was shaking for about 20 minutes. By the time you're back next, it would have worn off. You'll be ready for another one in about a week's time. Uh, anyway, we hope you've enjoyed it. Give it a thumbs up if you're watching here on YouTube. Subscribe, turn on notifications so you don't miss future episodes. If you're listening to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you might be listening to us, keep following it and give us a review. We love a review, don't we? We do love, love Reviews it. are always fantastic. Perfect. Thank you. Uh, if you want to follow Tony, he's at Tony Gravelwood Car Sales on most social media platforms and I'm at Seen Through Glass on most social media platforms. And yes, we'll be back with you with another episode next week. Bye-bye. See ya. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. 
And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 